Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On everybody and welcome back to the Thursday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show sponsored by Bet365. I am your host, Josh Harris. Joining me. In some Canucks gear, could be some foreshadowing for tonight. Uh, my partner in crime, Slim Cliffy, how are we doing on this Thursday afternoon? Doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, this is my Bo Horvat jersey. I always have bad luck with jerseys. Like, I was in Montreal like 10 years ago. I bought a Montreal, or Mike Camilleri jersey. He got traded like a year later. Um, I bought a Yaroslav Halak St. Louis jersey. He's there for a couple years, I think, before going to the Islanders. Got Horvat traded two years later. Just like I remember getting a Josh Donaldson Jays jersey, and he was gone a years late, a year later. Like I don't know, like I just got to start buying like three or four jerseys of rookies and just keep whichever one actually lasts past three years with his own team or something like that. I guess, but uh, no, doing well. Pretty excited for this twelve gamer tonight. Um, maybe not excited, nervous. I guess. Uh, you and I are talking about, you know, all the offensive stars that are on this on this slate can sometimes make single entry um, a little tough, especially when you got 24 teams playing. But we're going to do our best to break them all down. Yeah. Uh, Cliffy looking a little bit like Ragnar Lothbrok, Lothbrok there with the fresh cut. Going to go. Uh, I mean, you, you missed it in the one. summer. I, I had this I had this in, in like a Viking braid in the summer and I, I wore it to a wedding, actually. And uh, nobody really said anything about it. They're just like, well, there goes Cliffy with his weird, weird hair. Um, it's like, okay. Yeah. It, I, I'm, if I could do it, I would. I can't. I'm also, I also ordered a Brees Hall jersey, so I'm going to replace the old Winter Classic Callahan. I see our boy Quick Party in the chat. I'm thinking about getting a, a black Stutzla jersey. I'm between Stutzla, Sanderson, and Brady Kachuk. I think maybe if he has some insight on that, maybe he'll probably tell me to get zoo, but like, I'm kind of worried he's not going to be on the team. Yeah. But, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not too sure how many, like how many defensemen are going to be there, you know, beyond for two more years beyond Shabbat and Sanderson. We'll see. I might just go Stutzler just to be safe. I can always get the nameplate changed. Sanderson is the hipster one. I don't know how hippy dippy I am, but we'll see. I, I do like their black jerseys. It's one of the cleanest looking jerseys in the NHL. Huge 12-gamer, like we mentioned. Um, lots of firepower on this slate. There's one really chalky spot. We'll get into that in a second. But I see all of you here. Smash that like button. Make sure to subscribe. If you do that, you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification to get alerts when our shows go live. I have the notification button on to get alerts when our shows go live, so I know when the shows are. Otherwise, it could be a mess. Uh, 
if YouTube isn't for you, you can find all of our content over at on the Stochastic Podcast channel. Leave us a like, leave us a five-star review. Also, we have the Hall of Fame. You can uh, get into the Hall of Fame by changing your avatar at stochastic.com backslash avatar, placing the top three of a contest with over 5K contestants, which is actually possible this year in NHL. Thank you, DraftKings, for now. Tweet the wins to at stochastichof on X or email us with your screenshot. You can win a free month of Stochastic stochastic package of your choice probably should choose nhl if you're doing that on this show but you know beggars can't be choosers if you want to do another sport i won't cry um timmy stew the answer yeah i'll get a timmy stew black jersey and hang it up in the in the background here it's a lot sharper than this this white uh callahan uh, winter classic jersey but let's get into this slate here first game of the night Calgary with a 3.4 total heading into Buffalo. The Sabres have a 3.2 total. You'll notice we'll say a lot of these lines don't have ownership. There's only one line projected in double digits right now. There's a couple close. So basically, if you're playing single entry, uh, you're going to have to choose between that playing that really chalky line or playing a bunch of lines that really aren't garnering a ton of ownership. Now, I will say... I went on a rant in the Discord last night about ownership not really mattering unless you're 150 maxing. So, like, if you want to play the chalk, just go for it. There are so many ways you can get different. The best advice I can give you if you're one one entry, three max about the chalk, just play your guys. There are so many ways to get different. Don't fade a line that you think is going to be the best on the night because they're coming in over-owned. Anyway, I just wanted to get that out there. Looking like there is going to be no ownership on the on the Sabres tonight, like their top two lines are combined, combined 0.7 percent. The ownership here is on Calgary. Like I, I they're super cheap. Uh, the third line, Backlund, Coronado, Coleman, twelve three, coming in five x their top two stack percentage. If anything in this game on the Calgary side, I'm going to the top line. They're double their top two stack, four point four percent ownership. Not going to really hurt you on this slate. Buffalo one is the the problem i have here they're 0.6 projected and they're pretty expensive they're like dallas one is 22-1 colorado one is 22-1 edmonton one is 24 the leafs are up there buffalo's 21-9 they've burned a lot of people but I, i i feel like this is a spot where you can get ahead of the field to get ahead of their big performance because it's coming it's coming it just hasn't happened yet whoa yeah um <laughs> I, like, you know, they definitely let us down in the last game, but um, the line scored one goal. Tage Thompson was over 20 minutes. He had five shots. Like, you can kind of feel you can kind of feel it coming with them. Um, whether it's tonight, I don't know. Like, it's not a great matchup going into that Calgary top line, but it's not a brutal one. Like, Mangiapane and Huberto typically haven't, have had pretty good offensive numbers together, and I think that makes sense because they're – the two best offensive wingers that team has. Uh, But the defensive numbers aren't very good. Three in 140 minutes together, 3.6 expected goals against or 3.6 actual goals against uh, per 60 minutes, 3.2 expected goals against. Those are pretty bad defensive numbers. Um, And, you know, early portion of the season, three games or whatever, Calgary's penalty kills giving up the most shots per minute of any team in the league. Um, that certainly wasn't the case last year. Calgary had a pretty good penalty kill last year. Wasn't really that much turnover. So I don't know why 
you know, even a small sample, why it would look so bad, but um, they're not going to keep up 80 shots against per 60 minutes on the penalty kill, but you know, maybe they are a bottom 10 penalty kill team for whatever reason this season. And you know, that Buffalo power play is usually pretty good. One of the problems with Buffalo though, is they don't really draw a lot of penalties. They're at the bottom of the league list this year. They weren't very high last year. They're in the bottom 10. I'm pretty sure. So um, it's, it's one of those things where like, if this was like a $19,000 line at, at 4% ownership, I think I might even be more, more inclined to play them rather than, you know, almost 22 grand. Cause at that point, like, yeah, Colorado's obviously going to be chalky, but on a slate this large, you can get so unique with your secondary stacks or even with the Colorado stack turn into a power play, something like that. Like I'm not really worried if, if, you know, Nathan McKinnon's 20% owned or 25% owned and Miko Ranton is 15%, like that doesn't really concern me. Um, so I do like Buffalo one again here tonight. There are a lot of expensive lines here. You're going to have to pick one from Buffalo, Dallas, Toronto, Colorado. Um, you know, you could probably make a, an expensive Boston power play stack if you wanted. So there are decisions that are going to have to be made. I don't think it's as bad of a matchup as it looks on first glance for that Buffalo top line. Um, so they're at least going to be in consideration for me in my single entry. For the depth, it's kind of funny that it's the middle stat Benson Greenway line has basically turned into that team second line. Um, there's been games where middle has been at or near the top of the ice time list amongst their forwards. He's been playing pretty well. Um, you know, Buffalo's middle or Calgary's middle six is probably going to be better defensively. That's one of the things that's keeping me off of them. So it's, I think it's buff one or bust for me. The Calgary side is a lot more interesting because as you mentioned, there's not a lot of ownership on them. Lindholm, Huberto, Mangiapane coming in under 5% uh, in a top two stacks um, by ownership. Um, Backland, Coronado, Coleman, 5%. Like they're coming in over-owned. I don't think you need to full stack them. Like I think that's something where you can leave Coleman off, you know, move Coronado uh, into a top power play stack for Calgary. Like Buffalo does not look good defensively, um, especially their second and third lines. Um Second line, especially, I should say, that Dylan Cousins line has been pretty dreadful. So um, I think it's some sort of Cal- Calgary power play stack that I would lean towards. Huberto, Lindholm, if you want to leave Majapani there, fine. If you don't, you know, move down to Matt Coronado, um, do something like that. I think it's Cal- Calgary power play Buffalo one for me in this game. Um, Cal- I think Calgary three is perfectly fine. I just think they're a little, they're coming in a little bit over owned. And there are other cheap filler lines that we'll talk about later I'd rather go to. Yeah, I agree. There, let's move on to the next one. Just banger after banger games here tonight. Toronto Maple Leafs with a 3.6 total heading into Florida, the venue where their season ended. I don't know. It ended on their ice, which is even better. But the Panthers have a 3.3 total. Um, whew. None of these lines are coming in over 9%. Uh, Toronto won 9%. Uh, Matthew Marner, Bertuzzi. Florida running back Kachuk for Hagee, Oosterein, and Barkov, Reinhardt, Rodriguez. Like that line in a very small sample has ridiculously good numbers together. You mentioned before the show, you're not surprised Barkov and Evan Rodriguez have good numbers. Evan Rodriguez generally has good numbers whenever he, wherever he goes. When Pittsburgh moved him up to the top line a few seasons ago, that was their best numbers of the season. And then he's bouncing around the league for whatever reason. I, I do really like the Florida lines here tonight. The Leafs are a mess on the blue line. They're a mess in the bottom six. Uh, they're a mess in goal. 
Uh, I wish they're a little bit lower owned, but again, like it's nothing egregious. And both their lines are 17 3. Now, the Barkov line is probably going to get the Matthews matchup, which leaves Kachuk to go out against, you know, Tavares, Nylander, and Kniez, which was probably their best line in the playoffs, but I don't know. Like, I have interest in both top sixes here. Yeah, it's funny. I, I kind of slagged the Barkov-Reinhardt duo in the last show, and then Reinhardt went out, scored two goals. I mean, that ha- that's that happens a lot here on the uh, oh, on the strategy yeah, show. Like, you know, if you hear us really dig into a player, maybe go throw like a buck on them to be an anytime goal scorer that night or something. <laughs> <laughs> um but the the flip side of that is that Reinhardt and Barkov are typically very good defensively. Um, I was looking at their defensive numbers, like 2.2 expected goals against going back to last season, Barkov and Reinhardt on the top line. That's really, really good. Um, what's let them down is the goaltending. Like, you know, Florida goaltending is pretty much, other than the, like the first three rounds of the 2023 playoffs, Florida goaltending has been letting them down for five years now. So uh, not really that big of a surprise. So that that would be kind of the reason to go towards the Matthews line. I mean, not only that, like let's the, the Matthews line's just been unreal to start the season. Um, 3.2 expected goals for 3.1 actual goals for, you know, some six on five and, and, and power play goals for Matthews is, is really what's helping. But it's the ice time more than anything, right? Um, Matthews and Marner averaging uh, 23 minutes of ice. I think Matthews was over 25 minutes in his last game. Like you rarely that was Marner. Yeah, you like you'll see Connor McDavid get there, you'll see Barkov maybe get there once in a while. It's it's not even a half dozen forwards that you'll see play that much ever. And, you know, Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Um, um, but that's kind of the reason to play Toronto is like the Florida goaltending is nothing to be worried about. Florida is taking, you know, quite a bit of penalties. Uh, top five by time shorthanded last year. They're extremely high again this year. Um, they'll take a lot of penalties. The Toronto power play is typically pretty good. Like, I don't mind going to Toronto one. They're coming with, like, only, like I say, only 9%. It's, you know, they're coming with positive leverage by the top stacks tool. In fact, I'll bring up um, the very top of our top stacks tool because it's all the top teams and top players anyway. Um, you can see right there, there's Connor McDavid, Dry Settle, Kane. We'll get to them. Colorado, Dallas, Toronto. Like, it's all the big lines that have all the positive leverage here today. Um, so I don't mind Toronto one. Tyler Bertuzzi is only playing 16 minutes. That's a little bit of a concern. And William Nylander has just been shooting a ton. And he's been shooting a ton going back to last year. Like, it's like his last 50 games or something like that. He's at, I think it's a 3.8 shots per game, which is just obscene for a guy that's effectively a second-line winger. Um, so, you know, if you want to leave off Bertuzzi and put a Nylander, especially where Florida takes so many penalties, I think that's – that's certainly one route to go. It's more expensive. You're going to have to get kind of, you know, funky with the rest of your lineup, but I, I have no problem with it at all. Um, the Toronto second line is kind of interesting. Uh, like you, you're right. I thought it was their best line in the playoffs last year. Can you certainly, I think they call them nines now. I'm not sure. Anyway, know, but he was for O'Reilly for a good part of the playoffs. Yeah. The- yeah. That was, that was, that was part of it. Um, is I, I think O'Reilly helped them look pretty good. You know, they are generating quite a bit in a small sample. The thing is, is like, I think I'd rather play Florida two than Toronto two. Um, I did write up Matt Kachuk for the picks article free to read over on stochastic.com. Just head to the NHL section. You know, 
uh, Matthew or uh, Matthew Kachuk has uh, four assists in three games, um, 5.3 shots per game to start the year. Uh, as we mentioned on the last show, him and Carter Verhage are nails together. 4.3 goals per 60 minutes of five on five. Like, that's absurd. That's almost two full goals above the league average. I think the league average is like 2.51. So it's like, it. yeah, it's really, really high. Um, and what I mentioned in that article is Toronto struggled defensively without that top line on the ice. You mentioned it on the last show too. Basically, since they traded Pierre Engvall, it's not just the bottom six. It's the second line as well. Um, you know, Kelly Yarncroft, when he's there, can help. Other than that, John Tavares is at the point of his career where he's a goal scorer, and that's about it. You know, goal scorer, playmaker, and that's about it. Nylander's fine, but he's not super elite defensively. He's not like Marner. Uh, and Nyes is not an elite defensive player. Like, it's a pretty good matchup for Florida, too. I kind of like Florida, too, here in this game. Um, they're coming in, you know, 70% ownership. That's perfectly fine if you want to take out loose and put in barkov to try to make it a power play stack i think that's okay but you know i think you kind of want to keep loose in for the salary savings so i think my favorite line in this entire game is florida two uh kachuk verhage loose especially where toronto typically doesn't take a ton of penalties anyway um I, this is more about the five on five matchup for me so i think toronto one certainly in play they'll be in consideration for me but i think florida two is my favorite line in this game yeah, I agree. I I like Florida one too. It's just like they're going to get a tougher matchup. Um, and on the Toronto side, it's definitely Toronto one, just because one, Florida's goaltending is a mess. Two, they're super high event. They're still missing their two best defensemen. They take a ton of pen- penalties, so they're not coming in super high owned. I think Toronto one's definitely in play here. Let's move on to the next one here: the Nashville Predators with a two point six total heading into New York. The Rangers have a 3.4 total. It's kind of weird. Uh, we saw Edmonton power play absolutely throttle the Predators the other night. Rangers top line with... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mika Zibanejad and Chris Carter, who are both on the top power play. Rangers have one of the best power plays in the league. They're coming in under 1%. They're the same price as Florida 2, as Florida 1 coming in with a tenth of the ownership in a very, very good power play matchup. I, I like re- maybe I'm a homer take and I'll get your take on it, but I really like Rangers one here. You want to go to Rangers two. You're finally not super chalk. They're 14 one. I still think they look really good, but for me uh, on the Rangers side, I want pieces of that power play for sure on the national side is, is really just not much. That's <laughs> the answer there. Like no. if in your MME mix, I probably 
have a tiny bit of Nashville one. It's just not a good matchup. Like the Rangers have honestly looked very, very good to start the season. Igor in that most, yeah, he's in that, which is weird that they didn't give quick this game, but Igor is in net tonight. Top line coming in at 0.1% for Nashville. Just two of 150 will take you over the field like immensely. And I think that's about it. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, they said they're scratching Philip Tomasino, so our Nashville three line um, is officially dead. Evangelista did get more ice time in the last game, but, you know, the Rangers have been off to a pretty good start. Like, a lot of their underlying metrics are at or near the top of the league. Um, you know, they haven't played the best of the best, Buffalo, Columbus, Arizona, so take that with a grain of salt. But, there were times where the Rangers didn't look that good against the worst teams last year. So the fact that they're actually, you know, pounding the piss out of the bad teams like they should be is a good sign, I think. Um, I agree with you. The Rangers' top line is probably the line to go if for ownership concerns. Like you said, they're coming in at about the same price as Florida, too. Uh, less ownership under 1% um, over on DraftKings. They're running into the same problems that they've always run into, and that's finishing at five on five, right? Um, they're generating a lot 3.2 expected goals per 60 minutes in the early portions of the season, only 1.8 actual goals. Like they they have to figure out a way to convert those shots into goals. I and I have no idea what it's going to be under LaViolette. Um, that's up to them to figure out. I think I would probably just power play stack the Rangers, as you said. Um, you know, Nashville. Uh, typically not a great penalty kill team. Like one of those teams that relies on their goaltending. Like if UC Saros doesn't have a good game on the PK, the team's probably not going to have a good game on the PK. Um, the Rangers power plays certainly look very, very good in the early portions of the season. Chris Kreider, especially. So, you know, if you want to do like Kreider's advantage at Panarin, that's perfectly fine. Do the double center with his advantage at Trocheck and add Kreider or, or something like that. I think that's kind of the way that I would want to go. If I want to stack an even strength line, it would be the second line, Panarin, Hito, Lafreniere. It's just to save a little bit of money so that I can actually go out and stack stack them with like a Toronto one or something like that because you can fit that in. So um, if I were to even strength and stack anything from the Rangers, it would be the second line. Like they're still, um, you know, they're still torching opponents. Um, they, they've dominated every single game that they play. Like Lafreniere and Panarin look like they've really found some chemistry together, which is uh, certainly helpful. Um, you know, like you mentioned, not a lot of ownership coming in under 4% uh, in the projections. I just think if I were to go to the Rangers side tonight, it's some sort of power play stack. Take those four guys, make your stack with it. Add Adam Fox if you want, leave him off. It's up to you. Um, but it, it's mainly the power play fours. I want to take advantage of what's probably going to be a pretty bad Nashville penalty kill. Yeah. And I know we always talk about like, how Vancouver, and we're going to get to them next, how Vancouver is super reliant on the power play. Rangers feel like they're super reliant on the power play, although they've kind of come to play a little bit five-on-five five the past few years. Three years ago, they were one of they were dead last in five-on-five five and just super relied on the power play. But I, I think, you know, this is a very good power play matchup. So you take it when you can get it. Vancouver Canucks with a 3.1 total heading into Tampa Bay. The Lightning somehow have a 3.5 total. Uh, Steven Samkos is back tonight. Uh, Tampa going Nikita Kucherov with Braden Point and Alex Barry Boulay. Is he still your guy? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Steven Samkos, Hagel, and Sorelli. Uh, Vancouver running back their lines. Tampa three with Nick Paul, who's on the top power play with Tanner Janot and Walteri Morella. 
your boy Esamont got demoted. But I kind of want to get your take here because I don't have much faith in the Tampa Bay Lightning defensively here. Um, I would assume the Sorelli line is going to go out against Kuzmenko and Pedersen, which would leave the JT Miller-Besser line out against Kucherov and Point. Not that either of those really concern me. Um, I kind of like Vancouver here. Like, I kind of would just power play stack Vancouver here if you want to. Like, their goalie situation is a mess. They haven't been great defensively. You, you talked about it on the last show. Like, maybe they're just not good anymore. You know what I mean? On the flip side, I don't know, man. Like, they're decent offensively. I, I guess I go to that second line. I, I don't really know what I want to do there. Like, I probably just end up power play stacking both sides here if I was playing MME. Yeah. Um, on the Tampa side, like, I just – you asked me about Barry Boulet. Like he, he was a guy that typically had like excellent scoring numbers in the AHL and those types of guys, you know, sometimes they pan out, like look at Jonathan Marshall. Right. Um, sometimes they don't. Um, that's kind of the other thing, right? Like sometimes players can generate a lot in the AHL, but just never translated um, to the NHL. Um, he has a nice list of seven guys that he likes. That, like, yeah. Like Martin, Marty Furk is. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to bring up bad memories, but Marty Furk is certainly one of them. Um, you know, Tampa has had pretty bad defensive issues this season. Like, it's not, you know, certainly the goaltending has been a letdown for them. Um, you know, losing Andre Vasilevsky, having to rely on Jonas Johansson um, night in and night out. But they're giving up more shot attempts for 60 minutes of 5-on-5 uh, than Vancouver, Nashville, Detroit. Buffalo, like those are not teams you want to be giving up more shots than. Um, so it's not just on the goalie. I'm wondering if maybe they're trying to press offensively, thinking that they have to score like five goals a game to have a chance to win, um, rather than try to lock things down defensively. But you know, um, I mentioned in the picks article, I think it was two days ago. Um, Tampa Bay's defensive struggles, that top line, go back to last season, basically, back to the all-star break, basically. And you're getting to about a half season's worth of, of data showing bottom third of the league defensive metrics. And that's a real problem for them. The thing is, is like Vancouver's not playing particularly well. Like they're getting like they're getting pretty hot, is what's happening. Um, you know, I think like Three quarters of their forwards have an on-ice shooting percentage of at least 15% of five-on-five, which is it's like obscene. Um, I, I was just checking right before the show, and um, no, no forward is, but has a save percentage behind them lower than 935. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're just riding percentages pretty hard right now. That's going to fall apart eventually. Whether it's tonight or not, we'll see, but... Tampa's not coming in with much ownership. The top line is coming in under 5% own. If you're going to tell me like Brain Point, Nikita Kucherov, are, and whoever's on the third line tonight, it's Barry Boulet, is coming in under 5% owned on any size slate, I would, at home, I would have a lot of interest. So, like, I have no problem going to the Vancouver side here. I think I would probably rather play Tampa in this one. Um, they're still getting, uh, they're still getting a lot of minutes. Kucherov has been shooting the puck. Uh, a fair bit you know if you want to take off Barry Boulette and put on Nick Paul or Stamkos or just you know go with a two-man forward uh, stack 
I think that's fine because I'm not convinced Barry Boulette's going to last the entire game there. Like he oh, might be gone by midway through the second period, like Brandon Hagel jumps back up or Nick Paul moves up or something like that. So I think it's the power play guys I would focus on most uh, on the Tampa Bay side, Kucherov point, um, especially you want to dip down to the second line. I think it's fine. I Like I'm going to say, like I'm going to get off the Vancouver train for tonight. Uh, and tonight we are going to be riding the lightning. Oh, oh, that was good. Wow. I don't even know how to follow up with that. So I'm not. I'm just going to continue. <laughs> uh, if you are thinking about going plat or a premium, you probably should. There are 160 of you. A couple of you have got to be thinking about going premium. If you click the link in the description box below, you get access to the best NHL data and tools in the industry. What do you get? You get players and ownership projections. You get the top stacks tools. You get the line combinations. And you also get access to the Discord, which is invaluable, in my opinion. These shows are always going to be free. Cliffy's articles will be free. But everything else I just mentioned is going to be premium. So make sure to click that link in the description below. It will take you where you need to go. And you can sign up for the weekly or monthly. Let's move on to Edmonton with a 3.8 total. Heading into the city of misery, Philadelphia with a 2.9 total. I don't even know how to talk about Philadelphia. I'll let you talk about them. Just that stat you gave me before the show is kind of just silly. Um, we're coming off a game where Leon Dreisaitl went absolutely nuts. That top line is 24,000 to full stack, Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kane. They're not coming in with too much ownership here, less than the Leafs. I, I really like the Edmonton top line here. If you want to leave off Kane, Adam Hyman, or Nugent Hopkins to make it a power play stack, probably advisable. Like, if you want to leave on Kane, it, it'll get you a little bit more different, but he's been awful to start the season. On the flyer side, I'll let you talk about it. It's just impossible to stack them. I think, like, Torres look pretty decent to start the season. Travis Konechny's look good. It's just they don't play with each other. Yeah. Um, what I told Josh before the show was Ed – Philly's up to almost 137 minutes of even strength ice time um, as a team so far this season. Um, in that time, the only line that has played more than 14 minutes together and 14 minutes of even strength time is basically one game for a top line. Like you'll see that from like Florida or something like that. Um, the only line to play more than 14 minutes together is their fourth line. Like, they're just moving everybody around the lineup at all times. Like, even Couturier and Atkinson, I think it's only, like, half of Atkinson's ice time has been next to Couturier, right? Like, that's kind of the problem um, with stacking the Flyers. Like, I don't – it's not a bad matchup. And the Flyers are actually playing kind of well. The other thing is, is how badly they're spreading out their ice time. Like, I wrote up Sean Couturier uh, in the picks article today for the main reason that he's a lot cheaper on FanDuel than he is on DK, which is one of those pricing discrepancies you can take advantage of. The other is that he's been over 20 minutes in all three Flyers games. Other than that, there's no Flyers player within three minutes of him, but they have something like 10, nine, sorry, nine forwards all between like 14 and 17 minutes. So it's basically like Couturier's playing like 20 to 21 minutes. I think Atkinson's at, at around like 17 to 18. And then basically everybody else except for their worst forward is between like 
13 and 17 minutes. Like they're just moving everybody around and they're, and they're spreading out the ice time a lot. So I don't actually hate the flyers here tonight, which feels pretty bad to say Uh 2.9 total is not exactly what you want to see, but like, I'm not worried about any matchup on the Edmonton side, like for any reason whatsoever. Like Edmonton's top line, 3.4 expected goals against per 60 minutes as it's presently constituted. Like they do score a ton. Don't get me wrong. That's why they put them together. But when you, when you're trying to create offense all the time, it leaves you kind of exposed, you know, defensively. And that's what happens. So if you want a two man Couturier and Atkinson, I think you can do that because they do play the power play together, throw Travis Sanheim on the blue line. Other than that, I don't know if I can full stack anything from the flyers. It would just be picking one offs. You know, like a one-off, I hate to, I, I was going to say a one-off Noah Cates, but I don't even think I'm that sick in the head today. Um, like a one-off Owen Tippett, one-off Joel Faraby, something like that. Other than if you're going to play like Atkinson and Couturier together. On the Edmonton side, like it's it's just play the power play guys. You know what I mean? Like we talked about it on the last show. Like I even said it on the last show. If you want to play Edmonton 2, play Edmonton 2 and then add one of McDavid or Dreisaitl. Like Edmonton 2 by itself is not going to have a, a GPP winning score on a slate with 24 teams. Edmonton two plus dry or Edmonton two plus McDavid, something like that. I think that's co- kind of what you should do. Um, I have no problem trying to take advantage of, um, of Philly, of Philly here. Like Philly, if like Philly's been taking quite a bit of um, a decent amount of penalties to start the season uh so i think you can kind of take advantage of the fact that they are taking so many like not a ton but they're at four per game which is about the middle of the league um so it is the edmonton power play guys but i'm going to be honest i i like i think it would be Couturier and atkinson that's kind of drawing my interest here the most um it's just if if, if i'm going to pay up and, and get super expensive like i would probably just kind of choke the ownership on like a toronto or a colorado or something like that um for edmonton it's just play the power play guys. If you want to, if you don't want to just move along, like there's just nothing else to say about this team. Yeah. Agreed. Let's move on to the next one here. Our Los Angeles Kings with a 3.0 total heading into Minnesota. The mild also have a three total here. Looks like Minnesota's giving Marc-Andre Fleury another start. Like, I don't know how they haven't figured out that Gustafsson is their better goalie. It's been years or year and a half. Like, just play the guy. He's better. Kings going uh, Kempe, Kopitar, Byfield, Fiala, Pierre-Lac Dubois, uh, Alex Lafreniere. I'm probably saying that wrong. But GPP winning line, Trevor Moore, Deneau, Arthur Kaliev, 10,700 tonight. Uh, Kaliev looked at home on that line. Interesting to see what happens when Victor Arvidsson comes back. Uh, but that doesn't matter tonight. I, are are the Minnesota Wilds still going 11-6? No, they called up uh, a guy named Sammy Walker. He's going to be playing with oh, Eric Sinek and, and Marcus Johansson. I actually don't mind Sammy Walker, to be honest. He like probably shouldn't be in the top six of the NHL team right now, but he he's not one of those guys who like completely looks out of place. That being said, like my favorite lines in this game are probably on the Kings side. You want to go to the top line in Minnesota, go ahead. Like they just haven't been great since the middle of last season. Like Capper's off always in play. But for me, I'm looking on the LA side. They're cheap. They are getting a little bit more ownership per compared to their top two stack. But you know, 
no Spurgeon, no Golgoski. Minnesota's looking a little broken. Yeah, I, you know, Minnesota did bust out in that last game for five goals, but I will mention it was against Montreal, like a bottom five defensive team, and every goal was at power play or or shorthanded. So, like, they didn't score a single even strength goal against Montreal, which is kind of surprising when you see that they put up five. And I think it speaks to the struggles that Minnesota is actually having. Like, they're not the top line's not playing that well. 50 the top line's at 55 shot attempts generated for 60 minutes to start this year. They've only played like 30 some minutes together, but that's not very good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, especially when you can factor in that they just played a game against Montreal. And they were at home against Florida, one of the higher paced teams in the league. Like that line's just not, I don't know if you can blame it on that line. Like their defense is pretty injured, but. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They just haven't really looked that good. Like you said, I think Kaprizov one off is certainly always in play. I just, I don't think I can get to a point where I can full stack. Like, I, you know, if you want to leave Ryan Hartman and just go like Kaprizov Zuccarello, I think that's one way to go. You know, maybe you can take advantage of of a, of a Los Angeles penalty kill that you know certainly hasn't been elite in the NHL um, over the last few over the last couple of seasons, but hasn't been terrible. I think this game is about uh, Los Angeles again. Um, it's kind of a tough matchup going into Minnesota. The funny thing is, I was like, this matchup seems familiar, and then I look back at last year, and this was this was the exact matchup in Minnesota that was a seven six game. Uh, <laughs> I I remember watching that game very vividly. I'm pretty sure um, it was like the weekend right at um, right when the NHL started. It was like the second game of the season. So oh, I remember that it was like it was a weekend. Yeah, it was a Saturday night. Yeah. Um, I, I just I remember it just being a wild wild game. Um, that was pun intended, by the way. Um, the second line, <laughs> the second line uh, for the Kings is probably what's drawing my attention here. Uh, they usually do send out um, Eric Sinek, um as a shutdown line. Um, he'll probably go up against Kopitar and Kempi. That'll leave Fiala, Dubois, Laferriere um, as, uh, as you know, free to go up against what should be softer matchups uh, against Minnesota, Fiala, Dubois, both on the top power play unit. The Minnesota penalty kill was decent last year. It hasn't really been um, all that great uh, so far to start this season. Um, just outside the bottom 10 by shot attempts allowed uh, per minute um, on the penalty kill, worse than teams like Columbus and Detroit, like definitely not where you want to be. Um, Los Angeles looked really good in that game. It was the third line that did all the damage, but I will say like Fiala and Dubois look like they're finally starting to generate a little bit of chemistry together. Um, I think they're a little bit overowned on DraftKings, but it's one of those lines where I think you can leave all three guys. Like Laferriere has 12 shots in three games. That That's kind of insane for a guy that basically just stepped into the lineup because of an injury. Uh, I think it's Los Angeles too, that Fiala Dubois Laferriere line that I like best in this game. Yep. And this is, you know, if you want to go narrative street, 
like Bobby Boom going crazy in chat right now. I, I see he's been hanging out with Evgeny Kuznetsov this week, but like, yeah, he's it is Fiala revenge, but like, again, with Fiala, he has like 19 teams he can have revenge against. I'm sure Pierre Lac Dubois has something against Minnesota, he has something against everybody in the league. Let's move on to the next one. Arizona Coyotes with a three total heading into St. Louis. The Blues ha- also have a three total. Pavel Buchnevich is out, and instead of moving up Yakub Vrana onto the top line, they have moved Brandon Saad up there. It's going to be Kairu Thomas Saad, Shen, Kasperi Kapanen, Alexi Torpachenko, Jacob Vrana, Yakub Vrana, Kevin Hayes, Sammy Blay. Like that lineup is atrocious. Um, our Arizona Coyotes. Clayton Keller, Barrett Hayton, Nick Schmaltz. Second highest owned line projected on the slate at 9.8%. Very good matchup. Not my favorite line in this game, though. Jason Zucker, Logan Cooley, Matias Kelly, 12-3. They are a bit over-owned per the top two stacks. Um, but Cooley has looked excellent to start the season. He's on the top power play. Matias Maselli. Absolutely snubbed for the Calder voting. And Jason Zucker is just a solid player. I think, you know, for ownership purposes, if you don't want to, you know, go chalky Arizona one, which I think is fine, by the way. Like, you can definitely play them. They're a very, very good line. But that Cooley Maselli Zucker line is calling my name. Yeah. Um, I should say, like, Michelli's just like, he's. He's a playmaker. He's definitely not a goal scorer. That's just that's kind of the one thing. He's like Robert Thomas on the other side of this game. Honestly, is he'll he'll rack up assists, but he won't rack up shots and goals. Like that's kind of the one thing um, that worries me a little bit. Um, I'm kind of interested in the Arizona top line in this game. The reason for that is they usually do use Thomas and Cairo, um in kind of a shutdown role. And if you look at the numbers of that top line over the last couple of years whenever Pavel Buchnevich has either been injured or on a different line, they are bad. Yeah. Um, we're looking at 3.4 expected goals against per 60 minutes, four goals against per 60 minutes at five on five in a sample of over 450 minutes. Um, Brandon Saad, he's just not at the point of it. Like I wrote him up in the picks article because it's, it's still a good offensive line. It's a good spot for him. But he's not at the, at this point of his career. He's not a good. He's not the two way winger he was five six years ago. Like he's not going to help that line defensively. I think it's a pretty good matchup for Arizona. One, the one thing that kind of sucked. Well, two things suck. One, you're coming in with about about ten percent ownership on DraftKings per the top stacks tool. That's a little high for me for a team on the road uh, in a twelve game slate, especially a non elite team. The other is St. Louis doesn't take a lot of penalties. I think they were 30th by penalty by penalties taken last year. They're only giving up two and a half power plays per game in, in the small sample this year. So you're not going to get a lot of power play time from Arizona. But like, let's face it, Arizona power play hasn't been good for a while. So anytime you're playing Arizona, it's not it's not like oh wow this awesome power play is in a smash spot because they never are. Um, you're always playing them for the five on five matchup. And I kind of I I do like this five on five matchup for that Arizona top line. So they're one of those lines. Like if you're not going to play super expensive Dallas or Buffalo or Edmonton or whatever, like if you're going, you know, more with those mid range stacks, like you know, like a Florida, Los Angeles, or a Minnesota, um, you know, Vancouver, something like that. I think this Arizona top line is one of those lines that you can mix in with them. Uh, I'm not as high on Arizona two as you. 
Like, I, I know Logan Cooley has looked really good, but he's not been shooting the puck very much. And if he's not shooting the yeah. puck and Michelli's not shooting the puck, it's like somebody's got to shoot the puck and I'm worried who's going to shoot the puck. That's <laughs> yeah, so like, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm not on board with that. Like, I'm excited to watch them play together. I'm excited to watch them to see, like, maybe Cooley will shoot more with Michelli on his wing. Um but it's Arizona one for me in this game. I think St. Louis one is perfectly fine as well, uh, especially where Saad provides like such cheap, um, such a cheap drop off from Pavel Buchnevich. And or Arizona does take quite a few penalties, right? But I'm going to be honest. I think it's Verona Hayes and Sammy Blaze that I like best from the St. Louis side as a three man even strength line. It feels insane to say that, but they actually do have good numbers together this year. Um, generated 15 shot attempts uh, in 15 minutes together. They're all on the second power play unit. St. Louis is a team that does like a 60-40 power play split. Like if Arizona takes four penalties here tonight, that St. Louis second power play unit is going to get like three minutes of ice time or something like that. So I swear to God, I think my favorite line on the St. Louis side is Jack Abrana, Kevin Hayes, Sammy Blaze. But my favorite line easily in this game is the Arizona top line. Yeah, um, the opening night, I think it was opening night. Whatever the Blues' first game was, I won off Kevin Hayes, and it was just a pain train, but, like, he was 2,800. I, I, I think, you know, you get into the depth of Arizona. They're not a, they're not a very good defensive team, so. No. I, I agree there, so. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one, the Vegas Golden Knights with a three total. Heading into Winnipeg, the Los Jets have a three total as well. Uh, Gabriel Velarde out four to six weeks. That actually is bad news for right now, but it's actually good news considering what the injury looked like. I thought he tore his ACL and was going to be out for the season. Four to six weeks, not too bad. The Jets without Velarde are going to be a mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, they have – they could put Ehlers up there. Will they? No. Mason Appleton starts up there with Shifley and Connor. Like, Mason Appleton, he played decent up there last year. It's just – not what I want to have up there going in the matchup against Vegas. Ehlers, Perfidi, Nemestikov getting heavy ownership because they're 10,400. They just don't play enough. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm on the Vegas top line here. I think they've been good all of last year. Like, the Eichel hate is still unreal. Like, the dude won a Stanley Cup. And Buffalo Media is still, like, slaughtering him. I don't know why. He has been excellent. The numbers back it up. I'm on Vegas one here. Yeah, I, you know, like you mentioned with the top line, like they're expected goals for and against and goals for and against. We're fine with Appleton there. But as we mentioned on an earlier show, one of the reasons why that top line struggled last year was with Appleton. Like he's not a goal scorer. He's not a passer. Like he's not an off a good offensive player. He's fi- a fine defensive, like third, fourth liner he doesn't belong in that top line. It's just they they just only have so many options. Like they could put Ehlers or Perfidi up there, but then, you know, who's playing on their second line, right? I think they're kind of hoping Shifley and Connor can carry him. You know, Shifley and Connor are going to play tw- over 20 minutes. And the way Winnipeg runs their lines, the, the Shifley and Connor duo will not see that much of Jack Eichel. And the Mark Stone line has had pretty bad defensive numbers to start this season. And Vegas has had a pretty soft schedule to start. So it's not like, they're running running the gamut of like, you know, Carolina, Colorado, you know, Calgary, something like that. Like they weren't doing that. 
They had a pretty soft schedule, and that second line has not looked good. And Brett Howden in on the third line, he's definitely going to drag them down defensively. So, I, like, legend. hey, man, he's got a Stanley Cup, so I can't mouth the guy, but he's just not good defensively. Sorry. Um, like, I don't hate the idea of like a two man of, of Connor or Shifley or something like that. The, one of the problems is Vegas is another team that doesn't take a lot of penalties. You know, not that Winnipeg thrives on the power play, but you know, it certainly helps the, the value of their top guys. I honestly don't hate the idea of playing like a two man of Connor and Shifley or something like that. Um, just because they are going to get second and third line matchups from Vegas and Vegas's middle six has looked kind of shaky. Um, other than that, I don't have a lot of interest in the Jets side. Uh, I'm kind of with you on the Vegas side. I do like the Vegas top line. I wrote about Jack Eichel at another spot um, recently. And the big changes for him has been, one, getting back to 20 minutes a night, which is not where he was when he first got to Vegas. And the other is getting a lot more power play ice time. He's like 70 to 75% of the team's power play ice time, which is what he was getting back in Buffalo. When he first got to Vegas, it was like 55 to 60%. Um, because they were splitting power play units, but with you know, with the injuries and with how well the top unit did, he's getting a lot more power play time, he's getting a lot more time overall. Him and Marshall So and Barbashev have looked pretty good together again so far this season. Again, soft schedule, but like I just said, the stone line hasn't looked good in, in, in that soft schedule. The top line has. And Winnipeg's gonna be running out their second and third lines against that Vegas line, and they cannot match up with them. Um, I, I I'm with you. I like Vegas one the most in this game. Yeah, it's just, you know, you're going to be stacking against Hellbuck on a 12-game slate. And if that's what you want to do, go for it. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by Bet365. And if you deposit $10, bet five, you'll get $150 in bonus bets. The state's available, Kentucky, Ohio, New Jersey, Virginia, Iowa, and Colorado. Also, Bet365, you can kind of do points parlays, which kind of correlate for hockey, and I think that's the best site to do parlays on is Bet365 for hockey. You get really good odds there. Also, if you want to tell me on the big dog plus money prop of the night, it is Chris Kreider plus 175 for a power play point. You have to be 21 plus unless you're in Kentucky. No rules apply there, apparently. And if you or anyone else you know have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's move on to the main event of the evening. The Dallas Stars with a 3.6 total heading into Anaheim. Los Patos de Anaheim have a 2.4 total. Dallas won 22,100 on the road, coming in with 2.5% projected ownership against the Ducks. Against the Ducks. I don't know if you heard. And, against the Ducks. And, and, and they just announced Jamie Drysdale is not playing tonight. No Jamie Drysdale. And the Ducks send out Mason McTavish and Ryan Strom and Frank Vetrano out against Top Comp. Against the Ducks. You know what I mean? Like Dallas one is one of my favorite lines of the night tonight. Also, <laughs> the Dallas second line has not been great defensively. They're a good offensive line. Don't get me wrong. They have not been great defensively. Now, Uncle Leo Carlson, the number two pick in the NHL draft, is moving up with Troy Terry and Trevor Zegris. They're 13-6, getting similar ownership here. I like we're on a 12 game slate with tons of firepower and I'm talking about playing the ducks help. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, it's a two, it's a twofold thing. One, how's Carlson going to fit in with them? That's his first game. Right. Um, and his first game back from injury on top of that. 
So how one, how's that going to fit Two, like missing Drysdale is not a small miss. He is their best defenseman at this point. Um, he's better than Fowler. He's better than Mintyukov. He's better than, you know, Gudis or, or Lacombe or any of those guys. Like, so you take it. Yeah. So you take a team that doesn't really have a lot of defensive depth and you take out probably their one really good defenseman. Like I have concerns about that. So that's kind of what makes me want to play Dallas more than play Anaheim in this one. Right. Um, Robertson hints Pavelski. I wrote a Pavelski in the picks article, um, you know, off to, you know, not, I shouldn't say off to a good start because hints has only played one game. Uh, I think the big problem with them is whether they get a lot of ice time, right? Because now they have their full lineup. Um, We've seen that. We saw that with Boston last year, right? Like Boston might would they'd have games where Patrice Bergeron would only play 16 minutes because the second and third lines would score a few goals and then they'd lock things down and then that'd be it, right? So that's kind of the concern with Dallas one here. But I'm with you. Like it's a tremendous matchup for them. Like Anaheim was a team that took way too many penalties last year. And this year they're giving up six power plays per game. Now they've only played two games. But six power plays per game is a lot to give up in any kind of small sample, especially for a team that was one of the most penalized teams in the league last year. So, you know, it's kind of just a continuation of what they were doing. Um, So I I really do like that Dallas top line. Now, you know, you get down to single entry, you're choosing between like Buffalo, Dallas, Colorado, Toronto. Like there's definitely a decision to make. Um, But I, I really, I really do like them. I also like the, the Wyatt Johnston line. Um, they are coming in a little bit over owned. Um, but like they're a line that could see bottom six matchups from the Ducks. And like that doesn't scare me whatsoever. Uh, you know, if you want to leave off of getting Dodonoff, I think that's fine because Johnson and Ben are kind of the, you know, Dodonoff is good. I think he kind of gets slagged un- unnecessarily. Um, but I, I think Ben and Johnson are, you know, especially where Ben's on the top power play unit and Johnson, I think is the guy that really makes that line go. So I honestly don't hate, you know, what we have listed as Dallas three, but it'd probably be more than like a two man stack rather than a full three man on the duck side. Like, uh, like I can't get there. Like, I'm sorry. Like I, I I think I'd rather just go find $1,500 and like go play Arizona instead. Um, you know, go play Los Angeles two instead. Go play your Rangers too instead. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there are lines that you can play in that price range that aren't aren't the Anaheim Ducks missing their best defenseman playing, you know, a top five team in the league. So, like, I'm not going to say don't play them because I do think there is a chance that Carlson is just ends up a pretty good player. Terry and Zegers can usually generate offense with almost anybody. And it's just a tough matchup without their defenseman and with other pr- lines in that price range. I'd rather play. Yeah. We'll save the ducks for another time. Then I guess, uh, Carolina hurricanes at a 3.2 total heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a 2.8 total. There is no less team. There is no team that I'm less enthusiastic about than Seattle for DFS purposes. They just suck for DFS. I don't think Ajo is going to be playing tonight. Uh, the, Carolina ran out bunting Neches and Tara Vinen the other night. They actually looked pretty good. Um, Seth Jarvis on the second line with Cockneyemi and Nason. And then the third line remained the third line. We'll have to wait and see. I didn't see an update on Aho before we went on the air. I don't know if there's been one. 
But that's probably the only line really in this game that I'm interested in. If you want to go to like Seattle, Tolvin and Gord, Burakovsky, fine. But like, I don't really like stacking against Carolina. I don't like stacking Seattle as it is. So like, this is a tough matchup. So it's probably just Carolina one for me. Yeah, I I haven't seen an official update on Ajo. What I will say is that their next two games after this are in Colorado and in Tampa Bay. And Rod Brindamore did say for the early portion of the season, if any player has any sort of small issue, they're just sitting them. They're not taking any chances with injuries at all. So if if Ajo's not 100%, they're definitely not playing him against Seattle. So and, and you know, hope that he's healthy to play against Colorado. So I'm assuming that he's not in tonight. Like, don't get me wrong. Carolina is definitely in play. doesn't matter what line combination. Um, Teravine and Natchez bunting, like you said, they did look um, perfectly fine in, in their first game. Um, I, you know, Seattle's not – They're you know, they are getting kind of lit up. Uh, but, again, it's not necessarily that the team has been terrible defensively. One thing that they're doing is they're playing to a little bit of a higher pace than they were last year. Um, that's something that they, you know, they played to a pretty low pace last year. And that's why they were almost a dead zone for DFS is that they wouldn't generate a lot. You would ride percentages and just kind of hope that the 16 minutes that your player got was, was enough to, you know, get their percentages right. I just don't have a lot of interest in Seattle. Seattle. Like if you want to play McCann, Beneers, Everly, I think that's fine. Like that line is going to break through. Because that is a line that is playing well. They, they're they at 74 shot attempts and three and a half expected goals per 60 minutes in their time together so far this season. It's just they're shooting 3%. Once that turns into like even 8% or 9%, which is still just like right around league average, they are going to start filling them then. So knowing that, I have no problem really playing Seattle 1. But I think it would be more of like a 20 max, 150 max than going to play them in my single entries. Um on the Carolina side, like, no. Like, I'm just going to say I don't have a lot of interest in playing either side of this game. Like, if you want to – I think I'd be more interested in, honestly, going back to Carolina 3 than I would be in playing anybody out of the top six. Fair enough. Chicago Blackhawks with a 2.4 total heading into Colorado. The Avalanche have a 4.1 total. The uh, top line dream for Johnny Druen has come to an end. Colorado top line of McKinnon, Ranton, Valerie, Nishushkin. They're 22,100, and they are the highest owned projected line on the slate tonight, coming in around 19%, more than double almost uh, any other line on the slate. Um, Nishushkin's still on the second power play. For whatever reason, Colorado is still going with the Ryan Johansson experiment on the top power play. Why? I don't know. Colorado three way over owned. They're only 8,600 though. They're getting almost 6%. That seems a bit scenic, but I don't know if you need some cheap one off there. I think that's fine. Bedard, Hell, Donato coming in right around their top two stack percentage. I think they would be in my MME mix. I doubt I would get there in one lineup. Yeah. I, I, I highlighted Nathan McKinnon in the, in the picks article again, free to read over at stochastic.com just because of how much that line has generated. But only 3.3 expected goals and 3.2 actual goals per 60 minutes of five on five. Like, don't get me wrong. Those are pretty good offensive numbers. But for a top Colorado line, like you actually want something higher than that. You know, like we talked about Florida earlier where that Florida second line is over four goals per 60 minutes. And this line's at 3.2. 
what kind of separates them is that they they're probably going to play a ton of minutes. Like that's kind of the difference is that like, you know, there is a threat that, you know, Nathan McKinnon is one of those forwards that can play 25 minutes in a game. I don't think he'll play that tonight, probably closer to 22, but he can get that high. I think this is, um, this isn't necessarily a place where I'd want to go power play stack either. Um, Chicago hasn't really been taking penalties to start the season so far. Um, they're down with St. Louis right at the bottom of the league. They didn't take a ton of penalties last year. And as I mentioned on the last show, the penalty kill has been like at least about average since the all-star break last year. Like they really turned things around over the final third of the season. So I don't really have a ton of interest in power play stacking the abs. I think it would just be like five on five stacking going to the top line is perfectly acceptable here. Like let's face it. Like, I, Connor Bedard and his line has looked good this year, but they're they engage in track meets. They're trading chances back and forth. And if you're going to be trading chances with Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantan and Valerie Natushkin, you're probably going to end up on the wrong side of that most of the time, right? So yeah, I do love Colorado one. It's just a lot of other people are going to love Colorado one too. What I will say is like it is a big enough slate where you can easily get different, even in in the larger contest with five thousand plus people. So. There's no reason not to really play Colorado here tonight other than you're worried about them coming in at 20% or something like that. And, you know, so be it. I wouldn't play the Colorado second or third lines. This isn't necessarily one of the spots where I would do it, um, especially where, like, the Colorado third line's coming in at, like, nearly 6% ownership, which is just crazy uh, for a 12-game slate. Um you know, if you want a one-off Ross Colton or one-off Thomas Tatar or something like that, I think you can do that. I just don't know about three-man stacking the Colorado third line. I don't hate going to Chicago here. Um, they have been generating a lot. Uh, 75 shot attempts for 60 minutes, four goals for 60 minutes. Bedard has 20 shots in five games. Like, once his – like, he's only shooting five or 6%. Once those shots stop hitting the post and start going in, he's going to fill the net too. I think just for ownership concerns, I might kind of like Chicago a little bit better here. Uh, but yeah, this is a smash spot for Colorado. It's just, you know, how much of the chalk do you want to eat? And, you know, I think it's also a spot where you can just one-off Nathan McKinnon. Um, I know you and I talk about not necessarily doing that all the time, but he's just shooting the puck so much um, that, you know, even if Miko Rantanen gets a goal and an assist here tonight, it doesn't mean that he's going to be optimal or something like that, right? I, I think one-offing Nathan McKinnon is also acceptable. Yeah, and again, I'll reiterate, if you're playing single entry and you're concerned about the ownership, but you really like Colorado, play Colorado. There, Like Huffy said, there are so many ways to get different. There are so many lines in the thirteen dollars to $15,000 range that have no ownership. So, like, don't come off the abs because they're going to be high-owned tonight if you love yeah. them. Yeah. In 150, you make the choice, right? You want to be under – you want to take a stand? You want to be under the field? You want to be way over? Then, then you do that. But in single entry, if – the Avs are your team tonight. Play them. Let's move on to the last game of the night. The Boston Bruins with a 3.6 total heading into San Jose. The Sharks have a 2.4 total. Like, Boston wants in a great spot here tonight. Um, I will say, like, Hurdle Duclair Barabanov from a defensive standpoint might be an okay line. Like, of all the combinations you can throw together for the Sharks, this one might be their best defensive line. That being said, 
you're still going up against David Pasternak, and if you're league average, he'll take advantage of that. Like, I like Zaka. He shouldn't be a number one center in this league. But I like the line of Pasternak to Bras. Zaka, they're coming in at 8.5%, which feels fine. Like, the Sharks might be the worst defensive team in the past, like, 20 years. So I think, you know, a nice late hammer boss would make some sense. On the Sharks side, if you want to play them in MME, be my guest. But I have no interest in the Sharks tonight. Yeah, I have no interest in San Jose either. Um, for Boston, I think, like, I do like the top line here, especially where they're coming in with positive leverage, right? Like, they have a 13% top two stack, only 8.5% ownership. Um, at least that's on DraftKings. Over on FanDuel, they're coming a little bit higher, but basically right on their top two stack percentage. One thing that worries me is that Jake DeBrusque and David Pasternak typically haven't played well together. Um, we're looking at small samples, and a lot of that was with David Krejci or, or Patrice Bergeron. So how it looks with Pavel Zaka kind of remains to be seen. Um, but they're coming with positive leverage. You get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. San Jose, like one thing we talked about on their in their I think it was their first game was that it was a team that didn't take a ton of penalties last year and actually didn't have a bad penalty kill either. Um, that's completely reversed itself this year. Um, they do have a very bad penalty kill this year and they're top 10 by uh, time shorthanded per game. Again, only three games, but um, they're taking a lot of penalties. So I think Boston one is one of those lines that I like tonight. Like if you don't want to go play like, you know, 20% Colorado or you want to stay away from double digit ownership, Toronto, if you want something a little bit cheaper, I think it's the Boston top line. Now, if you want to leave off the brusque and put on James Van Riemsdyk, um, I think that's perfectly fine because DeBrusque is probably, well, probably he's not on the top power play unit. Um, and you can save over the thousand dollars from Jake DeBrusque. So you can actually stack like JVR, Pasternak, Zaka for like the little over 18 K. And that leaves you enough to, for another good stack to go with them. So I like the Boston top line here. I have no concerns about anything from the San Jose side. Yep. There are about 200 of you in here. Please smash that like button. It helps us out so much. It helps us bring you free content like this almost every day. Coming up after us, we have the Owner Box Strategy Show at 4.30 with Greg Ehrenberg. Then we have NFL Showdown Live Before Lock at 7.15 with Lafayette and Neil. So if you are playing on Owner's Box, which is a, a, a fun site, and if you are playing NFL Showdown, Check those shows out. Let's talk a little bit about defensemen. Um, I think with all these expensive lines on the slate tonight, paying up a paying up on the blue line could be a nice way to get different. There aren't like great high end options. You have Makar and Yossi, obviously, but then after that, like I don't really have too much interest in playing seventy two hundred Burns. I think you know you look at Evan Bouchard at sixty two hundred. I think spending up in that area is a nice way to get different. Um, what do you what are you thinking for defensemen? Yeah, I have Makar like easily at the top of the list. Like, let's get serious here. Um, but Shea Theodore, obviously, I'm still waiting to see anything on Alex Petrangelo. Um, Vegas, I, um, I didn't see anything from their beat writers today. I assume he's still out tonight. You know, Shea Theodore, I think, played 27 minutes in that last game. Now, they said Alex Martinez, or Alec Martinez, sorry, is going to be back. So maybe that eats into Theodore's ice time a little bit. Um, but Theodore's probably still going to be, you know, 23, 24 minutes. And if he's playing that, I'll play him at 6K. So don't mind him. It's Quinn Hughes that really caught my eye. Um, 
wrote him up in the picks article. He's been shooting the puck to start this season. And, you know, he said last year he wanted to shoot the puck more. He didn't. Maybe he was just a year early on his on his prediction. So I don't mind Quinn Hughes. Uh, Travis Sanheim certainly running the power play for the Flyers. Justin Falk for St. Louis in that mid-price range. Like, he's still putting up, you know, shots and blocks. And on DraftKings, that's exactly what you want. He's under 5K. Um, so don't mind him. You're looking for super cheap guys. Adam Larson from Seattle at 3,900 is one of my favorite uh, options under 4K on DraftKings here tonight. I wrote up Brock Faber. He's still going to have to play a bunch of minutes uh, for Minnesota because of their defensive injuries. Um, Alex Carrier for, for Nashville, I think is fine. Thomas Harley in Dallas uh, got up over 20 minutes in the last game and he's still playing well. Um, if you need a sub 3K defenseman, I think um, Harley or Jordan Spence would be the guys for me. Yeah, I'll just add on Sam Girard. He's been playing 20 minutes a night. Um, he's 3,500. You don't have to put him in with a Colorado stack. Like, you don't need to force that correlation. But if you're into your last spot around there, I think he's fine. Let's move on to goalies here. Always fun with goalies. We have the low end, Peter Mrazek, 6,900 against Colorado. You want to strap in for a long – I will say – Colorado just shoots the puck a ton and has a little bit of trouble scoring the, the past game. If you want to lock in some Peter Morazic, if you're, if you, you know, feel like Brad Pitt and Ocean's 11, only suicidal in the mornings. Uh, Capo Kapanen, no interest there. John Gibson could be a scene. Like, who are the cheap options you're looking at? I mean, UC Saros stuck out immediately, right? 7,200 um, playing against your Rangers. Uh, yeah, certainly John Gibson at 7,100. I'll always play him. Um, I actually don't mind Devin Levi here tonight at home against Calgary. He's a little bit more expensive. Um, but Calgary is a team that usually generates a lot of shots but has trouble scoring. So I really I do like Devin Levi here tonight as well. Uh, so Levi, Gibson, Saros are kind of the three goalies that I was looking towards uh, the most. Nobody else really stuck out to, stuck out to me, at least as far as tournaments go. Yeah, I don't mind Connor Ingram against the Blues. I also don't mind um, Logan Thompson against the Jets tonight. Uh, I mean, like, listen, if you have a lean for your goalie, just play him. You might like goalies, just you spin the wheel, whatever it lands on, just plug them in. But if you have a lean, like, they're just mythical creatures like unicorns. I don't understand them. I, don't I mean, I, it's, I mean, if you're playing on DraftKings, it's look for volume. I mean, that's yeah. why we always suggest like those $7,000 goalies that are on the road, like in Vegas, in Carolina, you know, things like that. It's because you, you want the guys that might end up giving you that 35 save bonus. Yep. Who are you liking for your uh, hat trick pick? Uh, going to go, I don't know if it's chalky, but somebody that's going to be popular, I think. Um, but I think he breaks through finally here tonight and I'm going with Braden Point. Okay. Okay. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm going to go <laughs> Kevin Fiala. All right. All right. I like it. I mean, let's, let's hope our Kings can do it again. Um, they need to start racking up some points here. Yes, they do. And we do not have a show tomorrow. It's a short slate. We will be back on Saturday at 2. And then next Tuesday, every team in the NHL is playing. So could be a, a pretty long show there. But um, I'm actually looking forward to see how the NHL screws up their red zone product or whatever it's called. But big slate. Make sure to hop in that Discord if you can. We'll be there. And uh, good luck, everybody. Hopefully we're talking about you Saturday in the afternoon.
yeah, good luck tonight, everyone. <laughs>